You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Thursday, July the 22nd of 2021. I am the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and your host for the show, Lucas Smith. And we have a different type of game to talk about. Talk about a tale of two different nights as the Cardinals walk off with a win as Yadier Molina hits a line drive down the right field line for a winner. And even though it's still July, a lot of baseball to be played, we talked about it on yesterday's show, it seems like that was, like I said, as much of a must-win game as a game in July could get. And the Cardinals got the win, so the season remains alive, hope remains alive, and the hope that the Cardinals will become buyers by the trade deadline, which is only in about eight days. That hope also remains alive in St. Louis Lots of doom and gloom yesterday, a little bit more positive today. Still trying to stay even keel as much as possible, recognizing that these things can change from day to day, as we're seeing right now. But staying up last night, a uh, little bit of uh, for, the, for the extra inning, uh, Yadier Molina made that worth. Yadier Molina made it worth it. And th- this team, for good, better, or worse, whether they're just tricking us or, or what, is resilient. They're fighting through, and they are giving it all they've got, not trying to be too sentimental or cheesy or whatnot, but this team is fighting. This team is absolutely fighting. They've gotten some bad breaks. They've gotten some good breaks. They got both in last night's ball game. So all in all, this team is fighting, and that's, as a baseball fan, all you can ask for. So a lot to get to on today's show. Break down the segment. Segment one, we're, we're, we're talking about the ball game. It was a lot of fun talking about what the game means going forward, breaking down some key plays. Segment two, we're talking Adam Wainwright. Because how good has he been? With all the storylines we would have talked about from yesterday's game, Adam Wainwright cannot, should not, will not be forgotten. Segment three, we're talking the outfield. Because this outfield has a chance to be really, really dynamic. And I think they could be a lot of fun. So, uh, Two quick things before we get there. Uh, again, microphone is still a backup microphone. Hoping to get a regular microphone back uh, by uh, next week's shows. Uh, and also, we are brought to you in part today by Locked On MLB Prospects. Head over to the podcast with host Arm Layton, bringing you player interviews, farm system breakdowns every single day. Subscribe to Locked On MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow this podcast as well on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals. Also the Instagram handle. Email the show anytime at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. Let's go ahead and get right into it. I mentioned on the show yesterday that today was, I've already said it on the show today, yesterday's game was as Big as a must-win game as a game can get in July, and the Cardinals won it. And Adam Wainwright talked about that. He acknowledged in the post-game show, said, yeah, I know that there's a lot of baseball left, but they just thought in the clubhouse, man, you can't lose this one too. And gosh darn it, the Cardinals did, it seems like, did their best to try and lose it last night with the near, or with the ninth inning implosion, another blown save, and another blown lead by the St. Louis Cardinals. But give credit to where credit is due. 
credit to this team for being able to persevere through the difficulties of of Wednesday or of Tuesday, excuse me, and get the momentum back. This is not something that you know that, that that this is not something that is easy to do to get the momentum back because I I said verbatim on the show that whatever momentum they're they're going to get they're going to have to start from scratch, and they got that with the win. Arguably a, a win of the year, especially when you talk about the type of game before it. But just like the Cardinals had to respond on Wednesday, now they've got to respond today on Thursday. And now, instead of got a rebound, now the, the message is, okay, you won yesterday, build off of it, win the series, take three or four from those darn cubbies, head into Cincinnati with a lot of momentum, and try and, knock out, try and get a little bit closer with the Reds. So now it's not rebound, now it's build on it. So they, they had to respond, they did, now they have to respond again. And they responded in a weird, wacky, bizarre game. Wasn't always pretty. It was kind of ugly baseball here at points. But it, I mean, it got started right in the first inning with a home run robbery by Harrison Bader. That tells you that this game was going to be um, lots of fun <laughs> and, and just bizarre. So again, I'll get to Adam Wainwright in segment two, so I'm not forgetting about him. Uh, but, but Harrison Bader and Dylan Carlson also go more in-depth to outfields in segment three. But they, they were the... Two RBI men in the seventh inning. Paul DeYoung reaches in that seventh inning on a ball that might have gone off his foot, question mark. Luckily, I don't think that's a replayable play. The replay really looked like his foot moved, and that ball's trajectory, the baseball's trajectory, changed after it hit the ground. And then going up a little bit, then moves ever so slightly after it hits DeYoung's foot. But like I said, the Cardinals... Caught a break there. They did not catch a break when Dylan Carlson was rung up on strikes earlier in the game on a pitch that was way outside. Baseball's a funny game. Breaks are going to go your way. So the Cardinals get that break. Edmund pops up a bunt. Harrison Bader drives home Paul DeYoung. And after getting thrown out at second base earlier in the game, trying to be too aggressive, Bader is able to, to be just aggressive enough to score Paul DeYoung, get, that, get the double, and Harrison Bader, like I'll talk about in a little bit, is as locked in as you, we've ever seen him. Dylan Carlson, line drive, double into left field, score the go-ahead run. Big momentum shift. And the, if, if the outfield is hitting like they are, and as locked in as they are, this this team is dangerous. This team is has the potential to be deadly. And it's all about potential. That's We've been talking about potential a lot. This team has the potential to be XYZ, but so far they've been EFW. But those aren't initials. I just came up with three other random letters. It's not X, Y, Z. Anyways, I thought that that those were two incredible moments at bats for Bader and uh, and Carlson. Again, I'll talk about that a little bit more in segment three. But sadly, we also have to talk about that ninth inning fiasco. So you bring in first. You got to go to the eighth. You bring in Gallegos, and I tweeted this out. I agreed with bringing in Gallegos to hit Bias. First pitch. I'm just going to hit you, Bias. Oh, boy. Then you got the Cardinal killer and Ian Happ coming up, and Ian Happ grounds out. Okay. Breathe. Breathe. And then in the ninth thing, get a strikeout. Great. Get a ground out. Great. Now we're starting to get a little amped up, breathing a little faster because we're excited. Two strikes on Nico Horner. You hang a slider and you hit him. And then on a 2-1 pitch, Eric Sogard. Eric Sogard doubles for the 
game to be tied. It's the game tying double. It, it, it's unfathomable to me how the Cardinals continue to hit and walk people. Because you would have thought that hitting Nico Horner would have been bad enough. But then you bring in John Gant, which I agreed with, bringing in John Gant to get a double switch in there as well. Gant hits Marisnik on a two-strike changeup. Gant hits Contreras on the very next pitch. Hit two batters in a row to load the bases. Again, I'll talk about pitching as well with Winnet in segment two. That can't keep happening. That's got to change. Cardinals need to go after bullpen pieces that don't hit and walk the world. I told my mom this as I was watching the game. Anthony Rizzo is probably the last person I want up in a bases-loaded situation like that. I would rather have a lefty facing a Baez, Contreras, Bryant, Wisdom, than I would anybody facing Anthony Rizzo on the Cubs. Dude makes contact. Dude hits the ball hard. Hit a line drive to Tommy Edmond. Just happened to go right to Tommy Edmond in the shift. Tommy Eben leads off the next inning with a single. And then it come, comes around to, or sorry, does not come around to score Bader and Sosa both strike out. And then a, a questionable decision that I had ended up working out for, for David Ross. He pitches around Carlson with, um, with, with Keegan Thompson. Carlson sees four straight balls that were really nowhere close to the strike zone, especially ball four. To bring in your closer to face Paul Goldschmidt. It worked out. Goldschmidt was retired. And I just thought it, thought it was very interesting for David Ross to do that. But that shows a lot of, you know, a lot of trust in your closer. A lot of trust in your closer. Because if that backfires, that's a really questionable move. Tenth inning rolls around. Leadoff hit by Bias. Anthony Rizzo goes to third. Oliver Marmol, who's the new bench coach, brings in TJ McFarland. And then one of the most bizarre plays happens. Ground ball to shortstop. And Mundo Sosa, they mentioned on the broadcast, Adam Wainwright mentioned it, it literally looked like Mundo Sosa was going to concede the run for a double play. And I'm that, that would have been inexcusable if that were to happen. However, Sosa kicks the bag, sees that Rizzo is caught in no man's land, throws home to Yachty, they get Rizzo in a rundown, apply the tag, Hap goes to second, but what a play by Harrison, or not by Harrison, but Edmundo Sosa. What a play, because if that run scores, yeah, the Cardinals ended up scoring, but if that run scores, the whole dynamic of the game is totally 100% different. So I know Edmundo Sosa struck out, and he struggles offensively a lot of the times, but defensively, I think he's got a real baseball mind, and he's really, really sharp. T.J. McFarlane gets intentionally walked. Then, uh, then you, uh, the Cubs pinch hit Strinos, and Strinos flew out to Bader. But just, I, I don't think that we, we can say enough good things about that play from Edmundo Sosa's standpoint. What Anthony Rizzo was doing, I've got no, no, no idea, not one iota of a clue as to what Anthony Rizzo was doing. But heads up by Edmundo Sosa. In the bottom of the 10th, he had an Arnado walk, an O'Neill strikeout, and a Yadier Molina single to win it down the right field line. Some people are calling it a ground rule double. It did go up and over the wall. I don't. I mean, MLB.com has it as a single, um, 
but it, it, I, I think it's pretty pretty poetic that this game started with an Adam Wainwright gem and ended with a Yadier Molina walk-off hit. It, it's just, you know, th these guys keep getting it done, and there's a lot of hatred right now, or at least a lot of anger, uh, angerness, uh, angry feelings going towards Yadier Molina right now for his inability to, to block the baseball on Wednesday, on Tuesday and lack of offensive production warranted. But for, for just right now, indulge me in saying Yadi did it again because he has done it time and time again. Wayno got the start, pitched a gem. Molina finished it with a walk-off knock. Big-time win for St. Louis. That was a long first segment. That was a wacky game. I ran through that. Lots of different plays throughout that game that were just bizarre. That's Cardinal Cub baseball for you. Segment two, we're talking Wainwright. We're talking pitching. Take a deep breath, thank some sponsors, and then get back to baseball coming up here in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you that we are brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that give you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz you're used to without tobacco. Available in nine flavors, Fully Loaded Chew is made with all food ingredients, and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available. It's the only moist nicotine pouch on the market. All the other nicotine pouches are dry, white pouches. Nothing dips, pit, spits, packs like Fully Loaded. Fully Loaded Chew is offering Locked On Cardinals listeners a special offer. Right now, you can try it for just a dollar. That's right, one dollar. Go to FullyLoadedChew.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for just a dollar and free shipping if you use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. So the next time you go for a dip, make it Fully Loaded Chew at FullyLoadedChew.com. We're also brought to you in part today by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So I endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, ordering the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You've got a computer, you've got a smart device, most likely, with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You're probably listening to this podcast on that device. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every single customer, and they have everything you need from brake parks to tail lamps to motor oil and even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com For any long-time listeners of the podcast, you know what I'm about to say. For new listeners or first-time listeners, I'm going to say this right now. I love me some pitching. I love me some pitching. I love this Cardinal staff as bizarre, as wacky, as frustrating as they've been. One man that has not been frustrating is Adam Wainwright. He twirls yet another gem. At 39 years old, you'd think we would be surprised. But Adam Wainwright continues to do this start to start. Every five days, every fifth day, he's out there giving it his all, being the most consistent Cardinal pitcher of the year. These are his game logs for just the month of July. And granted, this man is 39 years old. Eight innings, two earned on the first. 
Five innings, three earned on the 6th. Six innings, four earned on the 16th. Seven innings, one earned last night on the 21st. Are all those spectacular? No. But he's keeping the Cardinals in every game that he has pitched. In my opinion, he's kept the Cardinals in every game that he has pitched, dating back to his Sunday night baseball start against the San Diego Padres on May the 15th. And now that I say that, it wasn't Sunday night, it was Saturday night. But that's the last game. May 15th was the last game that Adam Wainwright pitched in that he really didn't do his job and left let, let the game get out of hand. But for a team that, that has so many holes in it that, that needs pitching as much as St. Louis does, that has missed Jack Flaherty as much as St. Louis has, Adam Wainwright has been a practical savior for this St. Louis team. Talked about it a, you know, a couple times in, on previous episodes, but he, he's just an old-school, gritty pitcher, Gets the job done. Wants to go every fifth day. His goal is to go at minimum seven innings. He wants to complete the game. If he was, if this was an AL team, or if this was next season, he probably would have gone more than seven innings because you wouldn't have had to pinch hit for him in the seventh inning, which I agreed with. I tweeted it out that if there was a runner in scoring position when his spot was up, I would, I would have pinch hit for him. So I was okay with that pinch hit. But he, he, he just knows how to pitch. And it, it, it's a cliche. It's odd to say. But a lot of these fireballers that come in now just try and blow it by guys. And I get it. I'm 21 years old, too. If I, if I could throw 98 miles an hour, I'd probably try and do the same thing. Wainwright doesn't have 98, never has had 98. But even when he had 95, 96, he, he knows how to pitch. He's crafty. And this is going to be easier said than done, but more pitchers should learn from Adam Wainwright's example and stop walking people. Adam Wainwright did not walk anybody tonight. Adam Wainwright walked one person in his previous start. Adam Wainwright walked one person in his start before that. Adam Wainwright has had impeccable control his entire career, and he does not walk people because he knows that walks kill. Walks absolutely kill. Cardinals have seen that this year. Walks and hit by pitches because the Cardinals are leading the league in both of those stats and are going to break some records this year in both of those stats in some capacity. See that, that they absolutely murder a team's ability to have success. Because in the famous words of Billy Bean, batters just want to get on base. I don't know if that's an exact quote, but from Moneyball, get on base, big thing, whatever. Batters try and get on base, and walking them or hitting them achieves that goal. It, it's easier said than done. I get it. These guys are throwing harder than ever before, have more movement than ever before, but nobody's having problems like the Cardinals have had. Five hits batsmen in a Major League Baseball game? Unbelievable. And John Gantz, one of them, was a changeup that hit uh, Marisnik square in the back. Sorry, I think I breathed on the microphone in that in uh, a couple different times. And again, backup mic, apologize. But come on. Hitting five people. Five different people. That's unbelievable to me. Unbelievable. I don't, I don't understand how it happens. And again, like I said, I'm not a Major League Baseball player. I'm not out there not trying to say I can be, but the, if the Cardinals are going to be buyers, which I think they should be if they're able to win today's game and get a series win this weekend, big ifs. But 
also, they just picked up a game on the Reds and the Brewers because the Reds and Brewers both lost yesterday. Brewers or Reds are off today. Brewers play, um, or Reds and Brewers are off to, today, so they'd be able to pick up a half a game if they're able to win today. But the point being that this team all of a sudden could be buyers if they take three or four against Chicago and they're able to take two or three against the Reds. Not going to be easy, but the point I'm trying to make is if they become buyers, they need help on the mound. They need help in the bullpen. Because outside of your big three, Reyes, Gallegos, and Cabrera, two of which have faltered major in the last two days, and again, they're human, that's going to happen. They're overtaxed. Outside of those three, and maybe even an Andrew Miller, maybe a Ryan Helsley, the other three, four, five guys, not a lot of confidence in them. And again, maybe maybe they're diamonds in the rough. They can prove me wrong. I don't know. But there are just way too many walks going around. Cardinals need to acquire some bullpen help and or some starting pitching help that throw strikes. I know that's a lot to ask, but throw strikes. If they're going to buy, they need to buy arms, in my opinion. This next, I mean, even for, for today's example, th- this bullpen is going to be taxed. Because the only one of the big three that's going to be available, most likely, is Alex Reyes. And he wasn't, wasn't all too sharp. We're going to see probably TJ McFarland again. We're probably going to see either of the Millers today. So we're, 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 we're going to see the... Not the big three, and I hate to say that the B team, but we're going to see the, probably the, the not top tier guys today. And then I think, I, I hope I'm wrong, but th- there's there's a difference between your big three and the, and the rest of the, uh, the uh, that bullpen staff. They need to buy some arms. But big point of this segment was to give props to Adam Wainwright and to not forget his job last night because there were a lot of things that happened late in that game, pretty much after he left. To talk about, and we're going to talk about him. And we, we did talk about him, but we didn't want to let that go, uh, let this game go without mentioning that. Also, I completely missed a bullet point. How good is Nolan Arenado on defense? He made one play, throwing a runner out at home when he was on the foul line, basically threw a screwball to Yadier Molina to go around the runner. Molina's able to catch tag, tag Contreras out. Ending later makes a diving play to his left. Nolan being Nolan, not enough superlatives for him. He is remarkable. Wanted to mention that. Missed that bullet point. I apologize. Segment three is about the outfield. Outfield's got a lot of hate in the past, whether it's O'Neill, Carlson, or Bader. Hot button topic a lot of times. This outfield has a chance to be dynamic, and they're being dynamic right now, and they really took center stage uh, in, in yesterday's ballgame. So talking about the... Uh, solid outfield the Cardinals have coming up in the final segment. But first, I want to tell you about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. We're going to see a lot of trades happening soon, so the landscape of baseball might change. Track all the action at Bet Online and know which teams gain the ability to win and which teams to bet on post trade deadline. Get all the news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs whether it's the Olympics, golf, UFC, MMA, all of it. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device 
and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The outfield yesterday was very good. Yes, I know Bader struck out in a pretty ugly form and had a little bit of bobble in center field, but that run was scoring regardless. Here's what the outfield did yesterday. Carlson, one for four with a walk and really good at bat there. The one strikeout was outside pitch, game-tying, double. Good job, Carlson. O'Neal, two for five, had a stolen base in there. Solid job, Tyler O'Neal. He's got more pop than Carlson or Bader. Bader goes three for four with an RBI, had a double in there, and a home run robbery. All three of these guys have the ability to flash five tools. I think Tyler O'Neill is probably the only true five-tool player um, among the three. Carlson's close. I think I think I know O'Neill is faster than him, so that's why I give uh, O'Neill the five tools. But all these guys have at least three to four tools. I'm very confident saying all these guys have minimum four tools. Bader's fifth one that he's lacking is power, but Bader's got plenty of pop as well. But he just didn't have as as consistent a pop as O'Neill. Bader's just not a big guy, but Still, I'll take four and a half tools. Carlson, Speed, and O'Neal, I mean, I've said it before, O'Neal is dynamic. He's going to impact the lineup more than anybody on this team, in my opinion. Harrison Bader is locked in like we've never seen him before. Line drives, hitting breaking balls, using his speed to get on base to get hits as well. Carlson starting to turn things around after going through a major slump. And Tyler O'Neal, which is something, this is things. Excuse me. This is something I never thought I'd say. Tyler O'Neill is probably being the most consistent out of any of them. Consistency in Tyler O'Neill has traditionally not gone in the same sentence the last three, two to three years. This outfield could cause problems for a lot of teams in many areas. And we've seen it throughout this entire year. Go back to L.A. Tyler O'Neill made a game-saving catch against Mookie Betts. San Francisco... Dylan Carlson made a game-saving catch to end the ball game. Don't remember who hit it, but Carlson made the catch. Harrison Bader, we've seen it twice in the last two days. Bader did not make a good throw. This might have been in the San Francisco series on Sunday. Bader did not make a good throw on a sacrifice fly situation, but the threat of his arm held Wimber Flores at third base. And Bader robbed a home run yesterday, in case you missed that as well. Teams are going to be could be throwing fits at this Cardinal outfield, when this Cardinal outfield is right. And I get it. Bader's been good since he came off the IL. Hasn't been too terribly long. But also, it's probably been one of the longer stretches of his career where he's played this well at the Major League level. This outfield, these are all young, dynamic guys that could be electric, that could just light up the league. These all... I think Carlson O'Neill, we've seen it a little bit more from from a longevity standpoint. But like I said, the, the phrase that I keep going back to is he is locked in, Bader, like we've never seen Bader be locked in before. 
all three of these guys possess the tools to be remarkable baseball players and that will someday get absolutely paid. Right now, they're going to go out there and win the game. And Bader gets a lot of hate for both his production and for his antics on the field. But I, paraphrasing his quote that he said after the game, um, asked about is this a must-win game, and he said basically saying, what game isn't a must-win? We try out, we go out there and win every night. Bader, <laughs> love or hate him, Bader's a good baseball player. I don't think he's been able to put it all together at the major league level, but he is right now, at least for this last two to three weeks since he's been off the I.L. Harrison Bader, I mean, just, just even look at Harrison Bader's last seven games, and, and they just jump off the page. He's 12 for 24. He's got three RBIs on base of 538, slugging 583. Let, let, let's take up the, the sample size a little bit. Go to his last 30 games, even. 30 games. He's 30 for 105. That's 286 batting average, slugging 448. Last two weeks, he's hitting 352, slugging 537 on base of 407, driven in 10 runs, got two stolen bases in the last two weeks. That's th These are the kind of package numbers that we have not seen from Harrison Bader. And I, I'm, Again, this is one game, but I even said in the offseason that this outfield has a chance to be one of the most fun, exciting outfields in all of baseball. They're all passionate. They all have a lot of fire underneath them. They all have a lot of love towards this game and play it hard and play it really, really well. And I'll say it one more time. This outfield could cause problems for every single team in a lot of different areas. Credit to them on yesterday's game. What can they do to follow up that performance? What can the whole team do to follow up that performance? They need series win. A lot of confidence in KK Kim going today as he takes his 18-plus inning scoreless streak to the mound. They need to respond well. They responded well from getting absolutely gut-punched on Tuesday. Again, I apologize if I breathe into the microphone here. They, they got gut-punched on Tuesday. They responded with a comeback win. Not once, but twice on Wednesday. Thursday, what can they do to keep building on the momentum, and how do they respond again? I really hope the Cardinals prove me and everybody else that's telling them wrong. If they keep teasing us, can they truly capture this momentum and go on a, go on a streak here and make some noise? KK Kim gets the ball tomorrow, or tonight, excuse me. Got to have a lot of confidence in Kim. I do. Running a little bit long. That's going to do it for the show today. Tomorrow's show is going to be a crossover with Jeff Carr and myself, with Jeff Carr of Locked on Reds. Going to be a fun one. Be sure to tune in for that. Before I let you go, I do also want to let you know to tune in to Locked on Bets. Because who doesn't like winning some money? Betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to this podcast, it's hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow this podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Twitter just surpassed 300 followers. Thank you very much to everybody who follows that. Also, be sure to email the show whenever you want at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. And until I talk to you guys tomorrow, 
Be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.